if your goal is to have passive income from real estate, as an example, the ability to have depreciation and writing off parts of your vehicle or home office or travel expenses really results in the ability to have more income without higher taxes. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today, we have on our show a tax expert. I know I've promised you guys I will bring somebody on. But I wanted to find just the right one for us. And we have the person now, Amanda Han. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yes. For those of you, if you ever search for real estate and Amanda and taxes, there's no reason you will not find Amanda on, on the website. I've read She's written two books that at least I have read. I'm not sure if she's written more than that. And she's been one I've been actually following, secretly following for the last few years. But now, we'll, now, now we have on her show and we'll figure out how to save taxes. Amanda, thank yeah. you. Thank you and great to have you. Awesome. Awesome. I don't know why you were secretly following me, but... <laughs> I didn't comfortable reaching out to you, but now I do. <laughs> I've been secretly following a lot oh, of people. I'm really excited to be here. No, thank you. Thank you for taking time. This is uh, our pleasure to have you on. Amanda, I know you're a tax strategist and a tax accountant. Give us a little bit of background on, uh, for our listeners, what you do beyond just saving people taxes, which you do, but I think there's a lot more to it than just saving taxes. So give us a little bit of brief intro about you. Yeah, sure. Uh, my background, I actually came up in the ranks working in public accounting for one of the big four firms, started out my career at Deloitte, and uh, I happened to end up in the real estate specialty group. So I worked on a lot of the large real estate investment companies, developers, a lot of the REITs and stuff. But And then my husband also worked with me as well in the high net worth individual group. So there's a lot of overlap, right? Wealthy people and real estate. But it wasn't until years later, that I realized I should get into real estate investing myself as a way to build wealth and also for tax savings. So I just always think it's interesting to share for people that even yeah. for me, a CPA who specialized in real estate, worked with real estate investors, it took me several years before I realized that it was something I should be doing for mm. myself. So I think for all of our listeners, you're like, way ahead of the game because a lot of people aren't even thinking along those right. lines. Isn't it interesting because, you know, it's a common question that I get from my investors and even some of my audience that, hey, uh, my CPA tells me this is not possible. And I, I don't think there's anything, it's a knock on a CPA. I think it's they, most of them generally don't know, right? And that's a time that doesn't mean that they're bad or they're intentionally hiding something from you. It's just that not everything is known to everyone. Unless you specialize or get exposed like yourself into an area, you may not have that aha moment. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, taxes are very much like the medical practice or even in tech, right? If you're someone who's doing like hardware stuff, you, you probably aren't an expert yeah. at the software side of things. And Correct. so it's just making sure you're working with the right person. And taxes is just, I mean, the tax code is just overwhelming. So it's right. very difficult for a practitioner to be an expert in 
all things taxes, right? right? So either, you know, you try to specialize in real estate or you specialize in the medical field or you specialize in manufacturing. And I think that's the reason that a lot of people miss out. Like you said, if you ask your tax person, can I do something? When they say no, it just might be a lack of education or understanding. Right. Not that they're maliciously saying, hey, I want my right. client to pay the highest tax. Right. Like nobody ever says that, right? Correct, correct, um, correct. But I think it's really from an investor's perspective, like how do we protect ourselves and make sure we're working with the right person based on what Correct. our investment goals are. So Amanda, before we get on the exciting topic of taxes, which I always love, and I'm sure you do too, let's actually talk about your journey into this world of taxes, right? How did you, you know, the name of our show is Migrate to Wealth. We're always interested in learning about people's migration journey, kind of like how you got to be what yeah. you do. I know you mentioned how you got to do the, the real estate tax saving world, but what got you into I mean, did you grow up to be a tax accountant? Was that something that you I, always wanted to do? Or how did you end up being a tax accountant? Yeah, I did actually. So my mom, mm, <laughs> my that's mom was amazing. an accountant and I have um, okay. other accountants in my family. And so my mom always just said, you know, you should get a job as an accountant. It's very stable, right? And mm -hmm. I was good at math. Um, yeah. So for job stability, Surprise. it was kind of just like, yeah, like that's what you should do. And so I think it just worked out, you know, just happened to be something I was good at. I always knew I wanted to do it. And there was a point in my life where I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Everyone. Poor Dad book. Yeah, the purple book. Changed Everyone has lives. read it, right? Yeah. Purple book, yeah, and, and so you, and that's when we decided to invest in real estate. There was a moment in, in our time where we said, you know, we, we don't want to do taxes anymore. We're just going to be like full-time real estate investors, go out and get deals. And really quickly, I think my husband and I realized that's it's not what we were passionate about. Like we wanted real estate right. to be part of our wealth building, but we didn't really thrive in being like a full-time investor. And so we mm -hmm. were really fortunate because around the same time we found out there was a need for everyday investors to have tax strategies. You know, like we worked right. with a lot of these very large companies, wealthy people, you know, in the corporate side, and then now seeing, oh, you know, some of those strategies can be implemented for the everyday investor as well. Mm -hmm. So we're able to kind of combine our passion on the tax planning side in conjunction with our desire to be in real estate and then create our company, Keystone CPA, so we can kind of do both, right? Bring the two worlds together for tax strategies specialized in real estate investing. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, Amanda, you said a beautiful word there, which I know it's probably a useful, you use that all the time, tax planning. You know, a lot of people don't do that, right? I'm sure you see that in your world where most of the folks are coming to a CPA like yourself is only when they need to file taxes, which is really, depending on what your tax cycle is, either April or October, right? That's the only time they talk to their CPAs. And, and then they talk about, hey, how can I save taxes? But talk to us about the importance yeah. of planning in the world that you live in, right? Especially when you're trying to minimize your taxes, hopefully not maximize your taxes. You want to minimize your taxes. That's the goal of hiring someone like yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, tax savings, to do it correctly. And when I say correctly, I mean, you know, following the rules of the law and not just making up stuff, making up numbers, making up, you know, yeah. facts and things like that. So to do it correctly, really the only way that it could be done is through planning. And by planning, I mean, you know, just understanding what you need to be doing during the year as an investor or mm -hmm. a business owner or an employee, understanding what are those things that you should be doing and doing them during the year, whether it's capturing your 
their expenses or having the right legal entities or investing in the right types of real estate, right? So when you、mm-hmm. know what you should be doing and you do those things, then by next April, regardless of who's filing your tax return, you should get. The optimal tax savings. Why? Because、right. you did all the right things. You created the right facts. On the other hand, what you were mentioning for a lot of people, April, right? January through April is like, man,、yeah. I got my W twos. Gosh, I wish I paid less taxes. What can I do now? Unfortunately, the truth is there's not much you can do now, right?、Yeah. You can't unring a bell. You can't go back and pretend you bought real estate last year or you did、Correct. certain things last year. And I think that's why the biggest difference. I think maybe even like one of the most common mistakes that all taxpayers make is assuming that whoever's preparing their tax returns is also helping them do planning. So、exactly. important to understand those are two completely different things. May not be completely different person, but they're two different things. Yep, exactly. And yeah, yeah. very well could have like if you're right now meeting with your tax person filing last year's return, and you don't like the result, right? Let's say you you talk to your person, you say, "Gosh, I'm paying way more in taxes."、And、then the question is, well, what can I do this coming year? Do we have time to talk about it today, or are、mm. you? If you're really busy, maybe we make an appointment in April or May when we can sit down and talk about what is it that I plan to do for 2023. What are some of the strategies I can use going forward? Right, two different right. conversations. Correct, correct. And I think. The planning conversation is really more where you use your strategic thinking, right? That's where the creativity comes in to make sure that we're representing the facts appropriately, and we're empowering the. I mean, in, I know in my case it has happened. Now, I'm a self-taught tax guy. That's why I was secretly following you. I just <laughs> learned from people like yourself by listening to you, reading upon it, researching it. Is because I wanted to learn, right? Not everyone's going to go through that journey. But now, some, having someone like on your side, especially on the planning side, you're not creating facts. You're helping people with their already existing facts, and you are telling them how those facts could be helpful to save them taxes, and in some cases, how changing certain facts could help them save taxes as well. Is that correct? I'm oversimplifying your world. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that you know one of the things I tell people is if you have the right facts, you can pay less tax. And there's different ways to pay less tax. It could mean just really reducing taxes overall, or it could mean making more income while、mm-hmm. not paying more in taxes, right? And so, yeah, what we're the planning is basically helping people to make sure they have the right facts during the year, so that by next year, when they're claiming certain things or taking certain deductions, that those are done legitimately. That you have documentation to support. This is very important, especially for higher income individuals,、mm-hmm. because we all know that the, the more money you make, you know, the more taxes you pay, or at least the higher tax rate you're in.、Yeah. So, for someone who's in, you know, between federal and state, if you're in the thirty, forty percent tax bracket, a hundred dollars in tax deduction could save you thirty to forty bucks. And so, if you add that up over, you know, the time frame of a whole year, that could be some very significant tax savings. Yeah, and Amanda,、uh, help us understand this, right?、Uh, this is my own thesis, and I could be wrong, so I would love to get your perspective on that. The IRS guidelines are predominantly the guidelines on how to pay less taxes. They're not there to tell you how to pay more taxes, because, as I understand, listening and reading and following up on experts like yourself, is that the tax code has incentives. In programs that government would really like to do, but they don't have the hands, the power, the manpower to do that, so they really are depending on people like ourselves to say, "Hey, if you do X, I'm going to give you Y amount of ability to deduct your taxes." How do you 
better articulate what I just said or validate or infute, uh, refute mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I completely agree. A lot of people and even CPAs or tax advisors, unfortunately, put the government or the IRS uh, frame is framed as a bad guy, right? The bad people, right. the IRS is coming to get you. But but the truth is that the tax code are actually just a whole set of tax incentives where the government wants you to do certain things. And we see that a lot. You know, most recently for business owners and real estate investors, we have bonus depreciation. Mm-hmm. And this came about because the government said, we want to stimulate the economy. We want you to go out and build your business. We want you to buy assets for landlords. We want you to, right. you know, rehab the properties and give them new appliances. And they give you, you know, larger write-offs up front. And we see that on a day-to-day basis from an investor's perspective, you know, especially like for last year, where people are saying, gosh, you know, should I really buy these assets for my business, for my real estate now, mm-hmm. or should I wait? And a lot of times people do it earlier than they otherwise would have done it because of these tax incentives, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, I mean, we threw a lot of few things where in that, in that statement, so we're, we're going to start parsing things, right? We think about bonus depreciation. So we had a cost segregation expert come in a few episodes before. So I think the audience, whoever listened to that would have understood it. But let's assume they are starting fresh. What is bonus depreciation? So the tax world has a set of rules where if you invest in something, let's say you bought a bunch of appliances for your rental properties, because you can use that appliance for over several years, you can't write off 100% of it immediately. So normally you have to write them off over several years. Mm-hmm. How, long, how long you do it depends on the IRS rules for different types of property. So let's say for furniture, you're supposed to write it off over seven years. Bonus depreciation for 2022 and a couple years before that was where they said, instead of waiting over seven years to write something off, you can write off 100% of it immediately. And so right. that's where you saw like a big increase of a deduction for incentivizing people to go out and basically spend money, right? Invest your money in right. assets and things like that. We still get that benefit slightly changed for 2023. So last year for 2022, we had 100% bonus, which means you can write off something immediately. For 2023, we're at 80% bonus. So in a simplistic format, if we bought some furnishings for a hundred bucks, we'd maybe write off $80 immediately. The remaining $20 we're writing it off over the next seven years, as an example. Got it. Perfect. Amanda, thank you again for doing this, for, for explaining that. So, man, I know our folks are going to be waiting. Okay, you guys are talking all this stuff. Great. But how can I save taxes, right? Because they're looking at... So I know everyone's personal situation is different. This show, we're not giving any personal recommendations, right? So I want to get that disclaimer out up front. So give us some ways where people can think broad perspective. Individual scenarios may be different. And I would also say, just because you're hearing a tax strategy on this show, don't go implement it until you talk to an advisor mm-hmm. or until you talk to someone like Amanda, right? <laughs> if you have questions, talk to me. Talk to somebody who actually can help you guide it before you jump on it because uh, tax codes are very deep and what could work for me may not work for somebody else, right? So I want to just get that out of the way. Yeah. So Amanda, having said that, <laughs> tell us the way to think about tax savings, right? Give us a framework of what to think and let's give our listeners some if you can, some immediate things they can start looking at without a whole lot of complication that if they want to wrap their arm around in tax savings, what can they do? And uh, well, for, for, your, um, for your purposes also, Amanda, one thing is a lot of our listener base is going to be high professional tech employees or in tech businesses, right? Just to give you a frame of reference of who yeah. is the audience. So their challenges are different than other professions. 
So I just want to bring that perspective in. Yeah, I think that, you know, when it comes to tax savings, especially for people who are high income earners, one immediate action I would recommend for everybody, if you're evol- if you're interested in real estate or generating passive income, is to take action and actually generate that type of income. Because, you know, the money that we're making from our jobs, there's not a whole lot we can do, right? Let's be honest, there's not a whole lot we can do to reduce taxes outside of like retirement contributions, maybe health savings Mm -hmm. account, maybe more alternative investments that you and I were chatting about that are kind of a little bit more advanced in terms of alternative assets. But if your goal is to have passive income from real estate as an example, then the ability to have depreciation and writing off parts of your vehicle or home office or travel expenses really results in the ability to have more income without higher taxes, right? So if you're someone who made 300,000 at your job and you paid 100,000 in taxes, but now if we can make 350,000 because we have rentals or other activities, but we still pay $100,000 in taxes, then that's a win, right? So I think Mm -hmm. immediate reaction for anyone is to look at how can I create additional income without incurring additional taxes. Um, Isn't that, and again, that's so, available sorry, to everyone. Yeah, I think I, I would just kind of pause because it's an important point. Yeah? When I talk to investors, they always tell me depreciation is not going to help me because I can't reduce my taxes, right? And I always tell them yeah. there's two ways that depreciation can help you. It can help you reduce your current income and in some cases, right. but it definitely helps you to not pay income on the taxes on the additional income that you're generating through your passive investments, uh, right? I think it's a very important point that most people end up not investing in real estate because they think that they can't zero their taxes. That's not about zeroing yeah, the taxes, yeah. it's about using, looking at taxes strategically. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And it's, I think people who are only looking at offsetting W-2 income are really taking too, too much of a tunnel vision, right? We're just saying, gosh, here's W-2, I can't reduce it. Therefore, right. I'm not going to build wealth. I'm not going to generate passive income. Um, and that's just really a silly, right? Silly way to look when you're looking at your wealth building, your finances, you got to take a holistic look and you're exactly mm-hmm. right. If I've invested in real estate and I have these passive losses, which means I can't use against my W-2, you never lose out on that benefit. So you get to use that to offset future passive income, current passive income, or let's say in the worst case scenario, we just don't have income. We made a really bad investment decision and there was never income. Then you can use it to offset your W-2 and all other income once you exit that deal, right? So there's always a benefit. It's just a matter of timing. And of course, there's other strategies that people can use if your situation fits those facts. Maybe you have a spouse who's not working full-time that can be in charge of real estate. And that's kind of where the beauty of all this comes in, where you can then unlock the doors of having your rental losses offset your W-2 income. Correct. So there is a way, but again, you can't wake up on December 30th and say, I want to reduce my W-2 taxes, right? So then you have to restructure your life a little bit. And when I say life, you're not doing extra effort. You're doing exactly what you're doing. You may just do it differently under different yep. entities, under different, and you have to document certain things, right? So it's it's definitely possible, but not on December thirty first. So you have to kind of plan for yeah. that, right? So, <laughs> Amanda, what are some of the other things yeah. for W two, right? And I know there are some advanced tax strategies. There are some asset classes that we can bring in to even help our current W two friends. What are those? Can you touch base on a little bit on those? What are some of the asset classes and how to use that? 
Yeah, it's interesting, right? So you and I were chatting earlier before we started the show about possibly oil and gas. So for some of our clients who are not able to use real estate immediately to offset taxes, but maybe they had a high taxing year because of stock vestings or you know whatever other windfall activities that generated, we do have a handful of people who look into oil and gas every year. It's one of those many loopholes mm-hmm. in the tax code where they say if you are investing in a typically there's these are set up as syndications, right? So if you are one of many investors in a syndication, the fund will go out and do oil drilling. And in exchange for that, if it's set up correctly, you can get a very big depreciation or depletion mm-hmm. deduction in the first year. So we've seen anywhere from someone investing $100,000 and getting $80,000, $85,000 of a write-off in that first year that can be used to mm-hmm. offset W-2 and other income. So this is one of those tiny loopholes in the tax code that says you don't have to be the one drilling for oil. Right. <laughs> as long as it's right. set up correctly, you can use that loss. What's really interesting about this whole oil and gas concept, just for our listeners, is that because gas prices have gone up, you know, quite a bit, right, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, when they strike oil, the investor will get royalty income. Right. And this works out really, really well, what we've seen in clients where they have high royalty income. But instead of paying taxes on that, if they've also invested in other real estate, whether it's their own rental property exactly. or an apartment syndication, those passive losses now can offset that oil income. So it's kind of a double benefit, right? You got a deduction mm-hmm. when you invest in the oil, and then later when it generates income, now I have these other passive losses that can offset each other. Yeah, so I think, let, let me just synthesize that because I think you threw a lot, which is a lot. It's not great. <laughs> People have to listen to it a few times, and I would recommend you listening to that five, 10-minute recording rewind it and kind of re-listen to that. But what Amanda is saying is, remember how we were just talking briefly about how some of, if you're in W-2 employees, both you and your spouse, you may not be able to maximize the depreciation benefit to offset your current income. Now what we're saying is, when you look at that in isolation, that is still correct. But when you actually now, let's say, for example, pair that with oil and gas, using your depreciation from oil and gas, you can write off your W-2 and using the depreciation in your rental portfolio or through rental syndication for apartments, you can now offset the royalty income that's coming from oil and gas, right? So it's really, really, really neat to, which I cannot emphasize the importance of, you can't just say, I know the answer. It took me four to five years to even understand what Amanda was saying, not intellectually, but experientially, right? I understood what she was saying. But I don't know where to find these deals. I had to build a network of doing that. So you really need to work with somebody who actually understands it, not just conceptually, but actually has investors or clients who have done that. So they can hold your hand to at least expose you to that. Amanda, what what are your thoughts on that? Did I understand it correctly, what you were trying to say? I want to make sure I'm not putting words in your mouth. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, you know, that's the whole, you know, we're saying take a look at a picture holistically, right? We said, oh, well, you invest in the apartment, you don't get any benefit because you're not doing it full time. Then let's strategize on how can we get more passive income? Because ultimately, isn't that what we all want to do, right? We all want to generate more passive income. I think a lot of times for people in the tech industry, and we have a lot of clients in tech industry or the tech space, at least, and, you know, stocks, right? Stock gains, that's a huge one. You can have millions of dollars in capital gains one year, which is great. It's a great Mm -hmm. windfall. And so one of the strategies that we can currently use, at least still for now, is opportunity zone. So typically when you have capital gains from stocks, you're going to pay the tax. 
then after tax, with the after tax money, you can maybe reinvest in real estate. So opportunity zone is one of the benefits that allows us to take capital gains money and invest in things like specific real estate without having to pay the capital gains taxes upfront. So that's when we have a lot of our clients look into with respect to capital gains right. from stocks or crypto. And I think that one of the biggest benefits is not only do you get to defer that tax until 2026, but also if you hold that opportunity zone asset long enough, 10 years later, you can have up to 10 years of tax-free appreciation. So that's something pretty significant. You know, if you bought a property for 500,000 appreciates to 1.5 million, mm-hmm. it might be possible for you to never pay taxes on that million dollar capital gains. So right, very, right. very powerful I think strategy. I think you, it's a very powerful, I've used it myself. I know how powerful it is. I mean, you know, especially with the RSUs, because RSUs are phantom taxes. You know, you can't really materialize the gains, but you still have to pay taxes as an ordinary income, which kind of hurts you when you started doing that. These options with multiple different asset classes can actually help you. One thing you said about, you know, tax deferral versus tax avoidance is not the right word. I can't figure out the right word because there's one is where tax elimination, two different strategies, right? So we're talking about the opportunity fund, zone funds, is you're basically eliminating your taxes. But of course, there's a price to pay of keeping it in a certain opportunity. But then the other option is to use depreciation and other things, which essentially is just deferring your taxes. And there are ways to completely eliminate it at some point in your life, not in your life, in somebody else's life. So there's step of gains, step of bases and all. We could talk at length on those as well. But there are ways. I think it's really important for where I was going with this is it's important for you to work with a tax strategist, not really a tax accountant, a tax strategist really, which is Amanda. And there are several of those who we work with through our investors as well to want to make sure you're working with the person who's actually knowledgeable enough and also doing it themselves, right? There's one thing to do only for their clients, but also to do it yourself. Because hopefully you're working with a tax professional who's making millions of dollars and they have the same problem as you as a high-paid employee for some tech firm. So Amanda, I know you and I can talk at length. I love taxes. I know you love taxes. And I'm sure our listeners can continue listening to your advice. But I want to be respectful of your time. I know we have a hard stop. So we want to end the show usually with two notes, right? One is going to be, if you were to go back to your 20-year-old self, what is that one insight you'll give to your 20-year-old self where their path and migrate their migration in life becomes both intentional and easy oh man i think when i was in my early 20s i was really unsure of myself like i didn't yeah. know if i had the ability you kind of wish i was older and wiser like waiting later to start but i think if i had to go back i would start earlier start investing earlier started my business earlier and just you know kind of be less fearful of right. these opportunities Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. I think we can all benefit from that advice. And Amanda, what is your one wish and desire for the humanity to migrate towards, right? Just taking a bigger perspective here, because eventually we all, there's only so much money we all need, not want, mm-hmm. but need. At some point, it's going to become very hollow without a bigger purpose. So what's your one wish and desire that you see in the, in the world today? Gosh, <laughs> there's so much, you know, so much <laughs> wishes and desires I have for the yeah. world. If I had to pick like, the most important one, gosh, if I had a magic wand, I think cancer, the ability to yeah. cure cancer. 
Lots of people, friends, and family, and colleagues have been impacted by that. So I think that's one yeah. thing. You know, of course, as an accountant, there's uh, I'm doing nothing to help、uh, further that. Besides, maybe well, you are, you like are, you're, you're making, you're making the. I lost my dad to cancer, so I know exactly what you mean. That it's a disease which we need to get a handle on, and hopefully we can. So I think、mm-hmm. we can do one thing: we can contribute, and we can partner with people who are actually trying to help. Right, so the more you save in、yeah. taxes, so hopefully more you can donate. So that's your role in the world <laughs> yeah, like of that. Uh, like of that. that. Awesome, I love yeah. it. Yes, Amanda, and there's a lot of great tax benefits of donating. Of course, we can talk about that you know, at length too. Right, any of these topics we can talk for hours on. Amanda, I think I'm going to have to bring you back because I'm. I can only imagine my listeners' minds just exploding as mine did about seven years ago when I started the journey. But I want to respect for your time, Amanda. If people do need to talk to you about their own personal situation or any tax topics, where can they find you? Yeah, my website is the best place to find me. It's keystonecpa.com, and so we also have a lot of free downloadable resources on our site as well. More specific to real estate tax strategies and or how to use real estate to build wealth and save on taxes.、Yeah. And if you want like daily tidbits of tax tips, the best place to find me is on Instagram, Amanda Han CPA. And you got to get Amanda's book. I cannot recommend that enough. <laughs> it's a great book. It's a K through twelve version, less jargons. It's actually、yes. a lot of value in it. I love that book. <laughs> great. Well, thank, thank you, Amanda, you. for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. A lot of insights. I know the time is short always, but that's not the intention. Is not to solve everyone's tax problem. The intention was to get them thinking, and you did it well. Thank you again, Amanda. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.